Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. When I started this show three years ago, there was news to be discussed. Uh, things were happening in the world and in this country uh, every week, and I had enough things to put together. But now, three years later, everything is overwhelming. There's so much news. There's so many topics. Uh, It's a backbreaker. It's a crusher. Uh, A world cannot survive with all these problems going on because if one of them rubs another the wrong way, you've got a spark, and you're going to end up with a war. Putting all that aside, let me get into my show tonight. I'm going to start with Judge Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford, and I'm going to spend a little time with them because it's right up in your face today in the news, and it is an important issue. It's an important topic. There is a Chinese proverb that says, we live in interesting times. We live in interesting times, and most certainly we do. And this Kavanaugh Ford thing is an example of what contributes to those interesting times. Uh, You all know what's going on. Uh, It's screwy. The whole thing is screwy, but it's there and it has to be dealt with. This is like Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas. I thought Anita Hill took a beating in 1991. Uh, I don't think Clarence Thomas should have been uh, put on the bench. He's proven to be an inept judge. Uh, And she took a beating. I believed her at the time, and I still believe her today. Do I believe Christine Blasey Ford? I'm inclined to. I don't know. Uh, so let me talk to you about some things that are happening. My, my, my thoughts and opinions are they're useless. They're worthless. I don't even know if I'm right. There's so much happening by the hour in this matter the last few days and will continue to happen by the hour. At the present moment, there is a hearing scheduled for Monday where both are to appear. Well, Christine Blasey Ford's attorney says today, my client is not coming unless there is an investigation, a further investigation by the FBI because this matter did not come up during their previous investigation. These aren't in-depth investigations, by the way, that the FBI makes for someone who's going to take a political federal position. It's not like they're investigating a crime and they go all out. But I think there has to be investigation. How can you have a hearing without facts? All we're going to have, the Senate doesn't do anything, is he said, she said. Nothing conclusive. He's going to say, I didn't do it. I wasn't there. She's going to say he was there, and he did it. Who who the hell are you going to believe? You need more. You need more. He had his friend there, a fellow by the name of Judge. Uh, Judge now, Judge first said to the media that uh, he had no recollection of the event. Now he refuses to testify. (laughs) What? He was there. He should testify. He should be subpoenaed. That's what you do. The Senate uh, committee has the authority, the power to subpoena. There are other people that should be subpoenaed or should be present to testify. Uh, Ford's husband, he was there when she first disclosed it in twelve twelve. The doctor, the physiotherapist she disclosed it to should be there. Uh, the lie detector uh, operator, who is claimed to be a former FBI agent, he should be there to tell uh, his story. And I'm going to tell you something else. She's got a lie detector test that says she's telling the truth. 
All the more reason for Brett Kavanaugh, if he has nothing to hide, to take the lie detector test also. And let's see if he's telling the truth. I'm just tit for tat here, and this is the way these things go. Uh, I don't think anything's going to happen Monday. Uh, Christine Blasey Ford says, no investigation, I don't come. The Republicans may say, screw you, we gave you the opportunity, and boom. They'll just go on with the vote in the next few days after that to approve Kavanaugh. I think this thing is very important. We are in the Me Too uh, time of our lives in this country. Uh, Women have a right to complain about this stuff even if it's 30 years old. Uh, Let me tell you what I think can happen here, too. And I'm waiting for this to happen, and it has not happened. And it means a lot to me whether it happens or not, because if it doesn't happen, to me, based on my experience, it says she may be full of it and he may be correct. Uh, and that's this. I, I, I was involved with some of these cases during my career. I once uh, had the opportunity, it was a burden, to represent one of our very prominent New York State legislative leaders. They had him for pedophilia, 17-year-old girl. 18 was the age of uh, consent in those days. Uh, obviously, I'm not mentioning who he was. This goes way back, a good 30 years, I think. Uh Anyhow, I told him when he first came to retain me, I says, look, I've been through these things. Here's what's going to happen. Once this hits the newspapers and it hits television, if you ever did this with anybody else, they're going to come out of the woodwork. Within one week, there'll be four or five more. Trust me, there'll be four or five more because that's the way it is. And if you notice in, in the past year or two, every time some prominent person has been accused, some man has been accused of some type of improper sexual advance or sexual assault, my God, the ladies came out of the woodwork. Sometimes as many as 20 accusing him. Then you're buried. There ain't no place you can hide. You're gone. And I've assumed that if Brett Kavanaugh did this to this lady back 35, 36 years ago, he's going to have a track record of doing this also. At that time, maybe in more recent times, I don't know. And they'll come out of the woodwork. The fact that no one has come forth leads me to believe maybe there's nothing to this. I don't know. I'm still waiting for someone else to say, I put up my hand, he did it to me, he did it to me, you know what happened. Okay, so let me just give you some of my flippant observations here. Assume he did. He won't be a Supreme Court judge. Can he still be a judge? Well, there's a bunch of rules that federal judges have to comply with, and one is that they can't do anything that would uh, diminish, and I quote, the public confidence in the courts, the public confidence in the court. Well, if he's had some sexual... uh, not affairs, but he did something sexually in the past, no matter how far back. Uh, he's gonna, he's got to go. He won't even keep the seat he's got now. There is something called the Judicial Conference that oversees how judges, this is in the federal system, how judges conduct themselves. And they have their own way of investigating these things. They do not need his permission to investigate. He might not even know they're investigating him. But when something like this, which has occurred, they should be investigating these charges against Kavanaugh right now. Because if they're correct, they do do violate the public confidence in the courts, public confidence in the courts. It will also mean something else. 
if there is some sort of a proper hearing after an FBI investigation three or four weeks down the road, uh, he will have lied under oath before this committee already, and he won't be able to keep a seat on the bench he's on now in the circuit court because he's, in a, he's a proven liar. And you can't, under oath, that's perjury, and you can't have a judge as a liar. Okay? So that's where that's going. Now, there should be an investigation, then there should be a hearing under oath, and it be, should be, again, more than he and her. He said, she said, that's bullshit. You don't prove anything. You don't establish anything. You want to get at the truth. You know, the Supreme Court, the highest court in our land, it has to, just as the presidency must also, and it is not in, in, in these days, the Supreme Court must stand for something outside of politics. And that's the rule of law. Judges should abide by precedent, not political leanings and personal biases. I'm just saying this because our court, our Supreme Court has drifted that way. It's so important to get this guy in the bench, this Kavanaugh, so now the conservatives will control the court for the next 20 or 30 years. Used to be up till about 20 years ago, I'm 83 years old, I've lived through a lot of this. Used to be up till about 20, 25 years ago, that judges for the Supreme Court were not selected based on their political leanings or thoughts, but rather whether they were good lawyers, whether they had been good lawyers. We wanted good lawyers on the bench because they made good judges. And then it was interesting because those that were liberals became conservatives. Those that were conservatives became liberals. It was amazing how these guys would switch back and forth. Uh, and that's what we need because we need the court has to stand for something. Right now it stands for nothing when we have transgressions like this, possible transgressions, and we have them fighting to put all conservatives on so the other half of the people in this country don't get a fair shake. Um, there's a bunch of papers that never were shared with the Democrats on the committee, and this comes to the hundreds of thousands, I think 400,000, because there was no time to print them out and get them out. Well, if this thing's going to go on for a few more weeks, there's, got to, there's a lot of time to get this paperwork out. And whatever was in there should be distributed to everyone on the committee. Let's see what's in those papers now, because it doesn't look good for the court either. To put a guy on the bench and you kept his private paperwork away from the, the Democrats on the committee. There has to be a process by which we, we determine how we, we select these people. Not what we're doing now. We've got the process. It's the, the trouble is we, they've got to be to the right or to the left or we don't pick them. And, and that doesn't make sense to me. And I've got to say, because you don't, you don't want to pack the card for the next 20 or 30 years. does not seem fair to me. Uh, so what we're getting here, and this bothers me, uh, she will appear. Let's assume she appears Monday, uh, this, this Fort woman. What's her name? Fort, 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 Christine Blasey Fort. Let's assume she appears Monday. It goes on Monday and she appears. Uh, what's going what's gonna to be done? They're going to listen to her. No question. She's sitting in front of them. But they will not hear her. Half the Republicans, I want to tell you, they will already have made up their minds. Politics is more important than right. Uh, politics is more important than justice. Politics is more important because they have to keep their seats. 
Politics is more important because they have to keep those contributions coming in. So what we're having is a hearing, a form, not substance, okay? Minds will not change, and nothing correct will have come out of such a hearing. We're doing big-time damage in this country, institutional damage to our Senate. I think they're a bunch of idiots, these guys. Frankly, I will say it. Uh, and they're on that bench. They're sitting as senators too long, many of them. They're, they're just a bunch of idiots. I don't know how they're running our government. Uh, they do crazy things. They don't make sense. The Supreme Court is being damaged and has been damaged with this, uh, you know, conservative, liberal, et cetera, in the last few years. Our nation looks bad. To the rest of the world, we're going downhill. You know, justice isn't blind anymore in this country. Uh, the the cloth, the mask over her eyes has been taken off, and we look bad to the whole world. Uh, right now, we're bad. And if this continues, like with this judgeship thing, this pure, the way it's going, I, I, and I don't care who's right or wrong, let's just find out who's right. That's all the man is saying. If he's right, he stays. If he's wrong, he goes. Uh, we've got to contain the damage now. It's out of control. We shouldn't have hearings like this. We should not have hearings like this. And I blame the Republicans first, not the Democrats, and not because I'm a Democrat, because they controlled the process in this situation. Now, I don't believe if this man did this, it's not an isolated instance. I've already indicated that to you, an isolated incident. Because generally, if you, you know, Sex is sex, and you do it there. I don't care. He's in high school. He did it in college. He may have done it 10 years ago. He may have done it two weeks ago. I don't know. But it comes out of the woodwork again, and uh, give it a little time. So I, I just can't believe women aren't If this is true, women are going to pop up and say, he tried to do it to me. If they don't, put the guy on the bench. Uh, I want to share this with you also. He was, he's, been a, he's been in politics for years. Some people say he was a political hack. He was a smart, he was a smart lawyer. He clerked for Judge Alex Kaczynski. Alex Kaczynski was the chief judge of the Ninth Circuit. Big, big time, powerful judge. Uh, possible candidate for the Supreme Court, though. There was an incident in 2008. Now, understand, his clerk is Brian, is Brett Kavanaugh. He's working for Judge Alex Kaczynski, shoulder to shoulder. And I'm not saying that Kavanaugh knew what I'm going to share with you, but here it comes. Uh, it was found out. It was, it was discovered in 2008 that Judge Kaczynski maintained a publicly accessible website. means anybody could find it. He was sending things out to people, and people could write to him. They contained sexually explicit photos and videos, sexually explicit photos and videos. He was big on naked women on all fours. Uh, the stories behind him, they were determined, they were acting like cows. Uh, there were half-dressed men cavorting with a sexually aroused farm animal. Don't ask me what kind. I'm just relating what I have read this day. And he had males and females. He was, this was going on over the Internet, masturbating. <laughs> and he thought this was all right because he thought it was funny. Okay. Uh, then, and working for him at the time is Brett Kavanaugh. Now, I'm not saying he knew about it, but it's strange he's there. Now, Kavanaugh also clerked for another judge, 
This fellow was on the 11th Circuit, I think, Judge Pryor, P-R-Y-O-R, another one of the smartest judges on the circuit court, probable, possible uh, nominee at some point for the United States Supreme Court, uh, never make it now. Uh, he said, this, by the way, he, he was a Trump uh, He was a Trump appointee, I think. No, he wasn't a Trump appointee. He couldn't have been. But anyhow, he doesn't like Roe versus Wade. He's anti-Roe versus Wade. And he has publicly said that he considers Roe versus Wade an abomination. That's the word, quote, unquote, abomination. And during that time, his clerk was Brett Kavanaugh, just sharing. That's enough. Of these two, we're going to go crazy with this for the next three weeks at least. I want to talk about Florence quickly. We all know what's happening with Florence. It's a shame. It started as a five, then a four, then a five again, and then it was going to be a one. It hit as a one. It hit within one or two miles of where it was supposed to hit. You got North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, maybe Georgia, states in trouble. This thing has been called so properly, so correctly, by those who know how to predict these storms and track them for us, the weathermen, the professional weathermen. Uh, and they said, it's going to be the tropical storm afterwards that's going to be the worst. It's going to be the rain, <coughs> excuse me, the flooding. And it's going to go on and on. It won't be over in a week. Well, what's happening? You see the pictures on TV. I can't believe it. What is it, a week old now? And the water's still there. Some houses are totally submerged. Some houses have submerged. Uh, Shocking. Uh, and this is only the tropical storm. <laughs> you see the rescuers worker, rescuers working. Uh, something like uh, 4,000 people, I think, have been rescued already. Those people should have been smart enough to get the hell out so we didn't have to rescue them. But fortunately, they've been rescued, and some of these were babies. You've seen the pictures on TV, the videos of this. And that's working. But now these people, all these people whose homes are underwater in, in three states, uh, they have no place to live, all right? What shelter is being provided for them or will be provided for them? Will there be sufficient water? Will there be sufficient food? Will there be ice? Will there be cots and blankets? And will there be toilets? Think, think, Katrina, New Orleans, in the big sports auditorium. No, there weren't enough toilets for people to defecate and piss. They were doing it on the floor. They're living in this crap, okay? For how long were they? Two weeks living in that kind of stuff? Uh, this is the test of FEMA now. Trump says we're ready for FEMA. This is not Puerto Rico. We are ready for uh, this storm. Well, the real test is going to come in the next week to 10 days, my friends. And we got to see, because you need shelter, water, food, ice, cots, blankets, toilets. Remember this, you don't have power, you don't have air conditioning. And I stayed down there from some storms. The worst thing in the world following a hurricane or a tropical storm is all those wet trees in the road and everything else. And everything's been ripped up from the earth. And the humidity hits it. And the sun hits it. And it stinks. It absolutely stinks. And how are you going to sleep? It's 110 in your bedroom if you have a bedroom. I mean, it, it, it's, you have no air conditioning. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of it, a perfect example. My friend Yankee Jack, uh, musician down there. He's been dead about two years now. Terrific guy. 15 years ago, he was here, 20 years ago, Georges. He was down here for Hurricane Georges. I left. 
uh, he stayed. I called him two days after Georges had gone through you know, to see how he was. I heard from him a week later. He couldn't get messages till a week later, and they piled up. And he says, what are you doing? And he says, well, now, th- this is a good week after Georges had left. He says, his trailer where he lived had been totally wiped out. It was gone. He didn't know where it was. He was in his girlfriend's apartment. They had a sheet on her sofa. They were sitting next to each other, bare ass. Uh, whoever the government was, FEMA, I don't even think there was a FEMA at the time, was providing them each with a bag of ice a day. They were rubbing ice cubes on each other's bodies to keep cool. That's how it is. So I'm curious to see. I hope Trump's got all this lined up, FEMA's got it lined up, and they have shelter, water, food, ice, cots, blankets, and toilets. Otherwise, it's going to be hell to pay. Any of you remember Sandy Koufax, great baseball player, pitcher, Hall of Famer? I came across something the other day, and I want to share it with you because I didn't know this. Uh, And perhaps some of you know that he was a great baseball pitcher, but you don't know the background I'm going to give you. Uh, Sandy Koufax got into professional baseball in 1955. For, for in his first six years, from 1955 to 1961, guess what his pitching record was? 36 wins and 51 losses. You heard me. 36 wins and 51 losses. This guy's in the Hall of Fame. Then came 1962. And for the next five years, they were great years. All of a sudden, it turned for him. He only walked 2.1 players per game. He pitched three no-hitters. He won four World Series games. Got three Cy Young Awards. In 1965, he struck out 382 batters. Unheard of. And in one game in 1959, he struck out 18 in one game. And that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. And then he had to stop in 66 because he blew out his elbow and couldn't pitch anymore. My point is the first half of his career, he was a ship. I said with all due respect, but he's a non-entity. I'm surprised they kept him. And then all of a sudden he turned. He changed, and he became one of the greatest baseball pitchers of all time. Uh, we, Our president has a new toy. It's going to be tested Thursday, and I'm really worried. I'm, I'm saying this with a smile, but I, I'm worried. You know how he tweets every day. I mean, nothing, 10 or 20 tweets come out of him. Uh, He communicates with the rest of us that way. Well, the government's come up with, and I quote, a presidential alert system, a presidential alert system, Uh, an emergency alert system. And what is it? The President of the United States, and this is solely for the use of the President of the United States, can take his cell phone, And he is immediately hooked up with every cell phone in the United States. You heard me. His cell phone is immediately hooked up to all our cell phones because he's using it. And he can only use this for the statutory purposes. He must use it to warn of a natural disaster, an act of terrorism, an other man-made type disaster, and a threat to public safety. Now, I think Trump's going to love this. But I don't think he's going to use it just for those things. He's going to use it like he tweets. But it's coming, and it isn't his idea, by the way. This was Obama's idea. And he signed into law in 2015, the law authorizing this whole setup for this presidential alert system. 
Because if you hear from the president something bad's happening and you better pay attention, and Trump better use it correctly. They're testing it for the first time this Thursday. I want to talk about immigrants quickly here. Immigrant children in the southwest of the United States. The number being detained in one year has skyrocketed to the highest number ever. Numbers don't lie. In May 2017, last year, there were 2,400 immigrant children. 2,400 immigrant children being detained. This past month, well, we're in September, so that would be August, 12,800. From 2,400, now 12,800 in a year. Can you imagine five or six times more? Now why? Now why? Well, number one is there's a reduction in, in the time they're being detained. They're being detained longer, probably because of everybody yelling and screaming. You just can't take people and ship them out, but they're not connecting the kids up with their families and all this sort of stuff. They're being detained longer before being released. This detention, this long-term detention, is straining physically and mentally the children involved, uh, and it's affecting their bodily systems, their mental attitudes. Interesting, the most interesting thing I came across, most of these children waiting to cross the border into the United States are without parents. It's not that their parents were taken away from them. We can't connect them up again. Some of them are, but not that many. These are children. They're not two, three years old. They've got to be older. Whose parents sent them from their home countries to go on their own through Mexico and get to the United States and come to live in our country because they wanted a better way of life for their children, and they were willing to sacrifice their relationship with their children to give them such. We do stupid things. This is a Trump idea. <laughs> I don't understand it. it. has to do with Mexico. Now, there are a lot of unauthorized immigrants in Mexico that can't get into the United States. And they're stuck between their countries. They're now in Mexico, and they can't get in here. Mexico wants to get rid of them. Trump's playing games. He's got deals going under the table, on the side of the table, on top of the table. He sent a notice last week, this past week, to Congress. Formal notice requesting an allocation of $20 million, $20 million, <coughs> excuse me, to be paid to Mexico so Mexico can pay for the deportation of these unauthorized immigrants out of Mexico to their home countries. 17,000 such immigrants involved. The $20 million is specifically to go to pay for plane tickets and bus fare. I don't understand. I don't. Why are we doing it this way? Uh, why don't you use it to build the wall? <laughs> I, I don't. You know, the, some things don't make sense to me. Uh, the Chinese, the trade war with China, the tariff wars with China. It's crazy. Trump hit him today or last night with 200 billion more in new tariffs on China, on China imports, uh, and he said. If you retaliate against us and, you know, increase the tariffs on our stuff, I promise immediately to impose another $267 billion on you. Now, understand, China can't handle these tariffs as we can. They're in, they're in good shape but not great shape in certain areas. They can't handle this. 
but they've got a Navy that's better than ours, not as many ships. They've got air bases they've built new. They've got new airplanes. They've got a terrific military. They've got missiles with warheads that we still don't have anything to counter with. And if you, we keep pissing on them, they're going to piss back. And what's the only way they're going to piss back? We're going to go to war. Remember, my friends, the Japanese went to war. We had Pearl Harbor because Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a year before Pearl Harbor, uh, was mad that China was in Manchuria. And he says, get out. And they said, no. So he cut off their oil supply. Japan can't, not China, Japan can't live without oil. So they had to go to war. They were, st- they were going to starve economically. This is what causes wars. Beware. Beware. Well, that's the show for tonight. I'm going to be cut off very shortly. I thank you for joining me. Uh, I, do, I do a three- or four-minute bit on Facebook every morning now called T. West Lou Live. It's what I'm talking about here, but I only take one topic. Uh, listen to it. You may enjoy it. On Facebook, Key West Lou Live. Uh, the numbers for this show are terrific. I love you people for listening, and I love the new people who are coming on. I don't know how you find me, but I love you because i got advertisers. This is terrific. I've got a new career. Uh, and my book, Irma and Me, is selling. It's, the sales are dropping off. If you're interested in a hurricane, I wrote the only book on Irma. Order from Amazon.com, 1495, Irma and Me by Louis Patron. Thank you again for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>